This is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Vamos, Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Hello, fans in South Florida and beyond, and welcome to your show. I am your host, Matthew Bunch. Not really, but this is Drew, and I'm joined alongside by uh, my co-host, Mr. Lower Division Soccer in South Florida, Lee Effens. How's it going, Lee? Uh, it's going very, very well indeed, Drew. How are you today? I'm doing good. Uh, we had an emergency pod that uh, we both missed, but I'm sure as a loyal we fan... Both to I was there. You yeah. missed it. Oh, yeah. Okay. I missed it, and Omar missed it. That's right. I did listen to it, though. But if you're a loyal fan to our podcast, you know that uh, Miami FC has now joined the uh, USL Championship League. But uh, we're going to skip over that today, since it's kind of the end of the year, Christmas time. Do a little uh, recap of the 2019 seasons for uh, all the South Florida soccer teams that we all love and follow, and then kind of look forward to... Uh, what's going on in the 2020 seasons for them. So I think we're going to kick it off with uh, Lee's favorite, or the lowest yeah. we can go. That's, that, that's, that's fair to say. But the, the, not really the lowest we can go, but yeah, definitely one of my favorite leagues, the UPSL, yeah, that, right? That was bad terminology, but yes, the UPSL. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, UPSL 2019, uh, spring and fall seasons. The fall is currently underway with uh, some playoffs going on. But just to recap the spring season, it was won by our buddies up in north in uh, another county, Boca Raton FC. Uh, they beat Hialeah City in penalty kicks to win the, uh, I guess it's a mixture of, uh, was it Miami-Dade County and Broward County then? Yeah, because uh, during the, the spring season, of course, that was before they went with the Division 1 and Division 2. So they had um, the sort of the Palm Beach County and Broward League, but I don't know if there was actually any Broward teams in it then. And then, of course, like the sort of the day county uh, division. And then they all met in the playoffs for like a big soccer fest. <laughs> a big soccer American <laughs> knockout tournament. It was actually, and it was actually a really good playoff tournament. I mean, we, Magic City Soccer and myself in particular, we did a lot of coverage for uh, the Palm Beach Spartans. Um, when we were setting up the streaming, they were very interested from day one. And they were the team that really, they would just pay my gas to go up to uh, Lake Worth and uh, it was a really good experience for me, like setting up the whole thing and the Palm Beach Spartans still like very close to my heart now and um, they had a great spring season. Yeah, I, I think we always try to promote them as much as possible. They're a great mm. uh, community-orientated team doing a lot of charity work and uh, those guys are really good. Um, but Boca eventually fell to our buddies even more further north and maybe mm. a little west, uh, the Lakeland Tropics, their UPSL side. Uh, who ended up winning the uh, UPSL Spring National Championship, so congratulations to them. If it wasn't Boca, I'm happy it went to another Florida team. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, but uh, to, to go back to that that final, I mean, Boca had a crazy run to that final. Um, I'm just looking at the uh, the bracket, as you like to say in America, rather than the <laughs> knockout. They got past Florida Soccer Soldiers twice. The Florida Soccer Soldiers um, B team, um, they beat them 2-1 and then we were, th we were there I know you weren't there Drew but uh, me and a couple of the other guys uh, some of the part-time Magic City Soccer guys were at the game at Amelia Earhart Park 
Boca Raton and Florida Soccer Soldiers, and that one ended 2-2 and went to penalties. And um, it was 3-2 on penalties. And then there was one of the best games that I saw all year, Red Force and Boca Raton FC at Kendall Soccer Park. 1-1 in uh, regulation time, 1-1 after extra time. And then it was on my Kuju, we did stream it, and it, the penalty shootout went right down through to the keepers. There was misses, saves, it had everything you wanted in a penalty shootout. And um, I think Michael Stone, I think his name was, the Stonewall, <laughs> stepped up, scored a penalty, and then his opposite number for Red Falls, Anton Wyden, and the Moose, another one of our lower league favourites, tame penalty, Stone saved it, everything went crazy. And then, uh, unfortunately, the final, Boca Raton and Hialeah City was quite a long way out of town for us on a Sunday night. Couldn't make it up there. Nil-nil, and, and they won on penalties. But there were some great performances uh, elsewhere in the bracket. Palm Beach Breakers took Red Force almost a distance, 3-2 there. Um, Palm Beach Spartans got past Man uh, Miami United FC in those playoffs, which is um, in the round of 16, which is quite good. Yeah, that's and, pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, and uh, also to give a little shout out to Atletico Miami, um, who are also, you know, they're, they're a very good organisation and they run very well. And they had a nice little run. They put out Hurricane, which was a surprise result in the round of 16, 1-0. Um, and then got past uh, UD Miami on penalties. And then they went out to eventual winners, Hialeah City, in the semis by three goals to one. Um, another big shot, Miami, uh, yeah, Hialeah got past Miami Sun, who were usually there or thereabouts. It was... A really good bracket and PSL, the Pumpkin Spice Lartes, the yes. uh, Port St. Lucie, they were put out in the round of 16 by um, um, by Hialeah City. It was a really good, a really good playoff bracket, and of course, the full bracket is going on now. Yeah, I think you you were saying that you went to the uh, the Boca and Red Force match in the uh, spring season, but uh, on Sunday you went to the. <coughs> I don't know if it was quarterfinals or just a regular regular playoff game, but you went to the Boca Red Force at Tropical Park, correct? Well, of course, yes, I did. And, um, and it's changed now because now they have a, a top division, a Division 1, uh, with eight teams in it. And I think they in that division now there's eight teams. The bottom team get relegated for sure, which unfortunately was the Palm Beach Spartans. It's been difficult because there's a lot of... I want to be very diplomatic here. There's a lot of player movement amongst these teams. <clears throat> so sometimes it's hard to keep those rosters together. So unfortunately, Palm Beach Spartans, uh, the finished bottom, they were relegated. We know that Miami United's UPSL team are coming up. But then there is a championship playoff. Florida Soccer Soldiers won the regular season, top the table. And of course, we're going to talk more about them a bit later on. But yeah, so now there's a playoff for like, you know, the championship and who goes on forward to the national playoffs. Uh, as there is in a lot of leagues here, so yeah, it was um, it was a knockout. It was a knockout game, and Red Force were very much on song. Um, it was a good game, but it was I think it was six two in the end to Red Force. Some great goals. So that's going on at the moment. So if you want some soccer in like live soccer over the the holiday period, there's uh, look up the UPSL website and see which game is going on near you. Yeah, there's definitely some action action still going on in Miami. If you're uh, if you got the soccer itch and want to check out some games. Uh, as far as kind of standout things in the 2019 UPSL season, uh, what, what would you say some of the highlights are? I mean, we've kind of seen some uh, crazy stuff from uh, uh, unexpected players playing for certain teams to uh, standout teams. I know you kind of were going over the bracket. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, one of Magic City's 
favorites of the North has become uh, Port St. Lucie. <laughs> yep. PSL. I, uh, I was pretty impressed with them. We went up and covered one of their games against Boca, but uh, they definitely had a great organization out there. Uh, very well uh, organized youth system where it looks like a lot of their players, uh, I think Guglamucci said he was uh, used to play <laughs> for them and came up kind of through the ranks. So they had a, a great like uh, kind of training system and going up in there. But uh, what, what else from the season would you say was a, a highlight or a big impact? Yeah, well, I, uh, of course, you mentioned that we, you know, we did go for like one of the first games of the season up to Port St. Lucie uh, on behalf of my Kuju to cover Port St. Lucie versus Boca Raton. And of course, the interest there was Chad Ochocinco Johnson. Um, and I think that that was, you know, he came into the league and he wasn't just given a place. He, he had to go and train with a team. Um, you know, and, and earn his place in the in the starting lineup. And um, were you ever with? Well, you were with me in that first game when we when we watched him play. And um, he's not a he's not a bad soccer player. I mean, physically, obviously, he's got the attributes, and you can see what he's trying to do. When he did get a goal here and there, I know he he scored against Palm Beach Breakers. Um, so yeah, that was that brought a bit of attention to the league, and I think that was good, right? Yeah, definitely great for the league and uh, also for Boca Raton, you know. Uh, it wasn't, it seemed like it wasn't just a media stunt. Kind of at first I was like, okay, you know, like Ochocinco's playing there. But like you said, he definitely had to train with the team, earn his spot. You know, it wasn't like he started every game. They didn't just trot him out there. And uh, to him too, to his credit, being a bit older <laughs> and then playing with all these kind of mm -hmm. uh, really hungry uh maybe 18 to 24 year old uh, younger players uh, he definitely held his own on the pitch yeah and i think it was the, the game at Amelia Earhart Park the game that was Boca versus um um uh, it was Boca versus the soccer soldier sorry and you know he was on the bench and he turned up and he sat on the bench and he was like high-fiving players at half time my memory's a little fuzzy he was either on the bench or he got subbed off at half time and even when he was subbed off he didn't clear off or anything like that so he really bought into the fact that like I'm a guy on this squad and uh, I'm not a huge American football fan so I didn't know that much about him but we, I even had a chat with, um, with him after one of the Palm Beach Spartans games and you know he, he made time for everyone who came down. Some people came out to the games and he was signing autographs and everything like that and um, yeah he, he, uh, he did it the right way in my opinion and he could play a bit. Um, it, I don't think he's come back now but it was a nice little cameo for sure. Yeah, definitely a nice guy, and I think if you uh, dig deep into the Magic City Soccer archives, you can find uh, uh, our, our Magic City correspondent, uh, Christian Gomez, uh, interviewing him after the Port St. Lucie game. Yes, and, I, and, and like I said, I, I did uh, after the, the, the Spartans game. But I'll, I'll try and dig them up, and um, we'll blast it out on, uh, on some of the social media. Yes. Yeah, if, if you haven't seen, uh, Lee and uh, I think Matt Nomar have been kind of pumping out some, some 2019 highlights on our uh, social media on Instagram yep. and Twitter. Uh, if you want to check out some of the, the, the goals we've recorded or appreciated throughout the year, uh, definitely some crackers there. But uh, yeah, check out our social media. We'll post some more up. Yeah, it's, 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 the UPSL is a great competition and uh, it, there's a lot of teams and there's a lot of opportunities for players down here. I think in other parts of the world there's a lot of college players who are going into UPSL and MPSL, but we are in South Florida and uh, the demographics of this region is there's a lot of players who have maybe come from Central and South America who, you know, 
haven't come through the college system, but you know, maybe played at a decent level in those countries, and you know, they end up in Miami, and we all know the reasons why. And you know, they want to play, and especially like that Red Force game. They got some serious quality in that team. You know, it's uh, it, it's always it's always a good a, a good night out when you go along and see UPSL game. Yeah, and uh, like I say, the uh, the full playoffs are still going on. Yeah, I'd kind of say it's it's a weird comparison, but I'd say South Florida, the UPSL, is probably equivalent to most other cities, uh, PDL or USL League Two, where That's fair. most most of the players just are are not college players, or we don't have a very good or very strong PDL system out here. Uh, not to knock them, but FC Miami City moved up to Broward, and kind of outside of Broward and North, there isn't much of an opportunity for PDL and like somewhere to play off season in college. And a lot of the FIU players, you know, go back home or go to where they were. So they don't stick around for the PDL season. So I think where more probably cities consider that a higher tier of talent, that's where uh, Miami really shines is in the UPSL. And I think you, you touched upon it briefly, Drew, that a lot of these teams are now starting academies. Red Force now have a little academy going. And for people not familiar with Tropical Park, the game was at Tropical Park. And if you, uh, if you send a shot behind the goal there, it goes across the running track across the, the pole vault and everything and it's lost but they had little ball kids around there who were in their academy sort of fetching the ball and uh, to give props to Miami's son as well Miami's son very active on Instagram you can follow them on Instagram they've got an academy up and running and I know they were doing like a summer camp and everything so that's the benefit is that the UPS had a sort of the top tier and a lot of local kids who you know maybe will get, get a shot in the, in the Miami academy won't get a shot in the Miami FC academy it's an extra little route for them and you never know one day, and you know, we only have to look at Bryant Martin, um, who I'm sure we're going to touch on the Open Cup run for Soccer Soldiers in a bit. You know, he, he's come into the Soccer Soldiers, played at Miami United as well, did a cup run and got a chance, uh, you know, now playing professionally with Miami FC. So some of these clubs, Hurricane FC as well, they've got a great setup. Um, there's a couple of academies, International Soccer Association, do very well bringing talent through. It's another route, Drew, for these players to come through, and that's uh, that's a very good thing. Yeah, and I especially think with uh, maybe Miami Beckham United inter Miami CF, and then Miami FC getting a now becoming Division Two, uh, they're probably gonna kind of have a lot easier opportunity to scout locally and bring some of these guys up. Because I know, if, at least for the MLS, I'm not exactly sure of the rules, but I know there's a huge kind of ordeal of scouting players earlier and claiming them into your system and. Mm -hmm. I, I think eventually, maybe not for Miami FC, but uh, Inter-Miami CF, they'll kind of do what uh, we previously that previously saw with the Broward Storm, where they were kind of a loose Orlando affiliate, because then uh, I think they could, what was it, farming players or designating players out there. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if kind of uh, on the low that uh, Inter-Miami kind of maybe tossed some money at one of these teams and kind of made them a powerhouse and either uh, UPSL or MPSL to, to basically just find the homegrown guys, you know, kind of have have the local guys scout the local guys and, you know, weed the talent for them. So uh, definitely all these players out here are going to be getting a lot more looks than, than normal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, great, great, great spring season. And um, I would say just keep an eye on Magic City Soccer across the social media for uh, updates as we move towards the, uh, the final of the playoffs for the fall season. That's right. And speaking of Broward Storm, I'll make the awkward transition to the 2019 and PSL season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to skip the regular season because I think we all know what happened. Uh, Miami FC yeah. won the, the Sunshine Conference again. 
it was a rocky start with United. I think we went over that a bunch of times. We had a little fear inside of us in the beginning of the season, but at the end of the day, uh, for the second year in a row, they, they won the Sunshine Conference. Uh, I, I felt like the Sunshine Conference playoffs were pretty interesting, though. You know, Miami beat Jacksonville 4-0. Um, the other interesting one was that I think Naples in Naples lost to United 1-2. And Naples were, like, a real standout team this year. Like, I, I did not yeah. see that coming, and they threw everything down, and all their games were really close. They gave Miami FC a run for their money every game. I think they're kind of going to be a conference powerhouse next year, but uh, not not to disrespect United, but I, I kind of would have liked to see Naples uh, huh. beat United and play Miami in the in the conference final. Well, I'm just digging my way through the um, the Wikipedia article here for the MPSL uh, 2019 season. Here we go. Um, the Sunshine Conference, yeah, the playoffs. As you, as you say, um, I mean Jacksonville Armada are, are going through their own sort of transition and always been a rival of Miami FC and I think they're starting to to get a stadium sorted and that's step one in Robert Palmer's plan for world domination um, <laughs> and it'll be zero good. on the moon <laughs> and it would be uh, interesting to see that come back but as you rightly say um, Naples United having done very well and finishing second in the conference um, then had to play Miami United at home in the semi-final lost 2-1 and then in the final um, well, you was in the stands for the final, Miami FC 3, Miami United uh, FC 2, Drew. Like, what was your experience of that? Oh, I'm, I'm, I remember how that game went down, but I'm not exact. Did United score two goals first, or was Miami up and then United scored two at <laughs> half? I, I just remember at halftime, I was, like, really pissed and nervous because something was wrong. Either Miami FC was down or they were tied. And, well, uh, let's... Let's rewind a little bit because the one thing about the regular season um, was the the Magic City Classicos, which which were a couple of very good games, and and Miami United was one of the few teams to really solve Miami FC, um, you know, with that with a home game at North North Miami Athletic Stadium, which is an interesting place to go to. I still have uh, the bug bites. I still have the bug bites. They, um, you know, they they, they, they did beat Miami. Uh, FC by two goals to nil, and that was one of both, you know the, the the best performances that Miami FC had to play against. Awkward way of saying it, but you know what I mean. Um, in that game, I'm, I've got the, I've got our match report up here. Um, it was do, 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 it was a pe- remember the penalty, the Penenka by um, Martinez? Uh, by Ariel Martinez. Yes, and that's, that's, that was that was the one nil. Um, and then it was, yeah, it was Bruno Camacho who made it was the equaliser for Miami United. So it was that was off a corner. Remember, it was a header. And then you're right, it was 2-1 to United. So at half time, it was 2-1 to Miami United. And then, um, and then FC came back. Uh, Ariel Martinez and then um, Miguel Gonzalez with the, the hammer blow. And uh, it ended 3-2. Yeah, no, I remember it now. It's, uh, it was a great game and there was, it was a, very very hotly contested game yeah that's that's one of those things uh when being at a miami fc game the aspect of the stands is just like oh come on man (laughs) (laughs) and i think that was one of the games that uh you know vice city boys showed up strong and ladose was out there so it was kind of like there was uh, an atmosphere that was good yeah yeah where you're 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 losing at the half at home and you're also kind of outnumbered by the uh the away opponents (laughs) it's it's very interesting drew because i think if 
you know, if that game had gone a different way, I mean, who knows really what would have happened, you know, you know, with the Miami FC season, it would have uh, completely ripped up the momentum. They, uh, they had us, they had, they, they had us, can I say it on the podcast? They had us by the short and curlies at half time. And it took a lot of carriage to turn that round. And I think, that, but also that's a testament to how good Miami United really are, is that they really, really pushed Miami FC in that game. And on I, another day, the outcome would have been very different. By short and curlies, you meant the piggy toes, right? <laughs> yes, let's go with that. <laughs> so, so from there, we had the, the South Region Conference, which was Miami FC and Chattanooga, which Ooh. kind of plays an interesting factor into what would have been the Founders' Cup, which didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So Miami FC won that game 2-0. Uh, once again, they got slotted at home. But, uh, man, I, I really enjoyed playing Chattanooga, though. That was one of those teams mm-hmm. this year that I was like, I just want to see this team. I want to see Chattanooga play. They have such like a good reputation in, in lower division soccer. I'm happy that one happened. Yeah, that was a, that was a great game. They bought, a, they bought a little mob down. And again, that game sort of hinged on this hugely contentious moment, if you remember it, Drew where uh, Alan Webb for um, Chattanooga had the ball in the back of the net and the, the goal was being given. It was on the scoreboard. Yeah. We logged oh, it in my kitchen and everything. And then, and then the referee, who she's a very good referee, the name escapes me right now, but she was a referee for the Miami FC Soccer Soldiers Open Cup game as well. Because marching over to like the assistant and the assistant tells, there was like a foul in the build-up to the goal on, on Dylan Morris. This is from memory. So, she, the, the assistant was like, you have to call it back for the original foul, even though the ball is in the back of the net. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure any Chattanooga fan who somehow might be listening to this podcast will probably be like, remember that very well, because they, that was in and they were 1-0 up. And maybe my, my memory or the intensity of the time, but I feel like it was at least like a three to eight minute long conversation trying to decide on what the actual call on it was it, it, it was it <laughs> was just a, nerve-wracking it was a conference it was a, it was a little committee meeting and of course like the, the, the players on both sides were sort of you know quite insistent but i i remember the miami fc players were appealing quite strongly you know that the goal shouldn't stand because there was a foul in the build-up and again drew you talk about moments that seasons turn on bounce back from that a one two nil you know it's uh character isn't it getting used to winning trophies <laughs> yeah that that one was a bit crazy uh oh man once you said that i was like oh i felt like i was <laughs> just standing there for 30 minutes i'm like i don't understand why she's talking to the linesman but apparently it's over <laughs> that goal so i'm okay with that <laughs> like, <laughs> like i don't know why they would call it off but <laughs> yeah, it's also one of those tough lower division things where you absolutely get like no replay unless you like log on to your phone and go to uh, get to the best streaming yeah. platform in the world, MyKuju, and turn on your favorite broadcasters, Magic City Soccer, and frantically uh, run backwards and keep rewinding, trying to figure out what happened. But these were fun games, Drew, and I remember, you know, it, when it was 2018, we was in the stands together, and when we, when we were going through those games against Atlanta um, Soccer Club and, you know, Little Rock and Duluth, they were fun games, and, you know, we have moved up to the USL, and of course, you know, that's, that, that's a good thing in the long run, but I'll miss these kind of games. You know, we never got Detroit down here, and I know that you was looking forward to that as much as I was. Uh, but it was fun to have Chattanooga down there for the, for, the, for the game. Midweek game, knockout cup game, lights. It was a really good evening. Like, really, even the weather was perfect that night. 
Yeah, and it's it's one of those things too where uh, similar to to the twenty eighteen season, uh, this one we kind uh, Miami FC kind of had a little bit more of an idea, but we basically got seated for every playoff game at home with a big question mark on the finals. Where I well yeah. the twenty eighteen it was a little more like okay like if um, we got some breaks. Yeah, like what, what was the team in Texas that was in the PD? Laredo Heat. Like yes. I remember, I think. It was Duluth beat Laredo, and then but if Laredo won and they went undefeated in the season, Miami FC would have had this. Like the 2019 season was a little more calm. We're like, okay, like we pretty much got yeah. every game at home. <laughs> <laughs> and then the game after that was Tulsa. Yes, Tulsa and Athletic. That was, that was, and again, I, I've said it a couple of times. I've got got chatting. I follow Tulsa on social media. That again was it was four one final score, but. We was behind for the majority of that game because they, they they took the lead in that game and they played very well. They were very very well organized, Drew. I don't know how much you remember about that game because I know you like a drink before the game. So <laughs> that um, never happens. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, if you remember that game against Tulsa, they gave it a really good go and just I don't know if you remember it, but it was Tommy Granito putting this shot from distance. It kind of dipped and swerved and hit the hit the bar or something, the keeper missed it, didn't claim it, and Miguel Gonzalez tapped it in 2-1, and we went on from that. But Yeah, I, I remember that one, and everybody like couldn't figure out if it was like a direct kick or it went off uh, Gonzalez's head, but it was, it was, it was quality goal. It, it, was, it, was, it was close. They, were, they impressed me a lot. They impressed me a lot, and I know they've been going for a long time, Tulsa. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of one of the fun things about the NPSL and, like, Kind of how we're looking forward to the uh, the Founders Cup is, you know, not not to knock kind of the lesser teams in all the divisions, but there definitely is like a, a larger group of top tier talent, and then how their playoff system is set up and just how the league's set up, you kind of just go into it with a dice roll that it's like, oh, mm-hmm. like maybe I've watched a Chattanooga game on my Kuju, but uh, you, it's kind of hard to gauge the talent watching them play like a, a another team in their division, so. It's always fun kind of going into these like blind dice rolls. <laughs> uh, what, what I love about Tulsa is they have this, they have like sort of two logos. They have this alternative oh, yeah. logo <laughs> where they have like a, a burrito and a pint of beer on, 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 the, on the logo. And like, that automatically, I was like, oh, this is kind of like, this is a good team. Uh, I think yeah. they should play El Forlito for the, uh, <laughs> like a burrito cup. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. In a perfect world. And then, of course, from there it was uh, Cleveland. That game was a little more straightforward. Again, a couple of couple of goals late on. Cleveland got a consolation late on. That was the only game this season that I missed because I was because I was working the day job. And that one was down at the FIU Sac Stadium, not yes. the uh, not the Ricardo and, Silva. And you was there. A, you was there. Tell me a, about it. Yeah, that that had a nice. Uh, I think it was an hour and a half lightning delay. That's it. I missed yep. the one lightning delay. Yep. <laughs> a charmed life. I think it was Omar and Kartik were uh, calling the game, and uh, I was helping uh, Abel out do some of the the Maikuju behind the scenes. And as soon as we get into the press box, like the whole field is empty, and like lightning struck right by there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that definitely threw Cleveland off, though, is the the Miami weather and yeah. kind of the rain delay. It uh, was a little bit uh, reminiscent of our uh, uh, NASL days, where like all the big games for Miami somehow got rain delays or some sort of freakish lightning yeah we talk about geography a little bit sometimes here and 
of course, that part of town is a lot closer to the Everglades, and sometimes you get a lot more of that gnarly weather sort of rolling off the swamp, the alligators, farts and everything kind of congealing in the air and dumping on uh, on that part of town. Whereas Barry, like the prevailing winds sort of keep you a little bit out of that day. We never had a weather delay at Barry. Um, yeah, that's true. Or, or St. Thomas, if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah, it was uh, brief for that. And then, of course, it was the final against everyone's favorite team, the New York Cosmos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for the second second year in a row and second year in the, the league, uh, they went to the, the finals and had and, to play well, away you in went the there. You were there, wasn't you? Yeah, both years. <laughs> <laughs> L- luckily, I'm from New Jersey, so both the finals were within traveling distance from where I grew up. So uh, I basically had room and board for free. So why not? <laughs> Yeah, we, we was watching that again, like obviously off broadcast duty, we watched that at uh, Reserve Sir Brewery in uh, in Windwood. And it was a good night. We had a we had a decent turnout. There was a few people who came down who were maybe not fans of the club and just wanted to check it out. And uh I going into that game, that was the only game I was truly nervous about. And I was like, oh, can we do it? Can we can we defend this trophy in New York against the Cosmos? And uh Dylan Maras. <laughs> Queso Blanco. Queso Blanco, I mean, he was phenomenal in that game. I mean, you talk about standout players, I mean, and, and Dylan will always be there and thereabouts. And there was a lot of quality performances all season. Um, you know, some of the players that came in, like Callum Chapman-Page came in and did very well because they had to rejig the defence. Jalen Mark, he found himself out at left-back sometimes. Uh, John Neeskins, um played here and there. Um, you know, there were some real good performances, but Dylan Maris in that game really like underlined its quality. And you can't really say that the New York Cosmos wasn't a good team because they were. But yeah, finally, they had, we... they had a bunch of guys Miami was familiar with. I, I think Aaron Dennis was on that squad, who uh-huh. was part of uh, Miami FC during the NASL days, and then played for Penn FC. And then they had uh, Ali Hassan uh, was on the bench for that game, but part of that club also. Uh, who was also with Miami FC at one point in time? So, uh, you know, there were there were familiar faces, and I think they, you know, they had a kind of handful of holdouts from the NASL days or uh, a couple other years that were that were great players. But uh, Ariel, I think I feel like Ariel Martinez had a good game that game too. But uh, man, yeah. the Cosmos were just really like kind of abusing the hell out of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, that, that was, I was that freaking was out the whole game. But I just remember he just kept getting like the crap slammed out of his shins and. Had to keep going down on injury, and I was like, "Come on, not not today." <laughs> Sometimes only way to stop him. And again, <laughs> yeah. like he's we, we mentioned Tulsa Athletic, and he's he's gone to this uh, FC Tulsa side of the championship, and him and Super Dalio Suarez will be coming back into this, uh, coming back here as um, opposing players. But you're right, Drew. He was um, he had to put up with a lot of abuse in that game. Well, actually, and, kind of the the whole playoff run. I think he had just some ridiculous amount of goals that. Uh, you know, not to knock him, but maybe he wasn't there in the regular season where just like something like a light light switch went off where he's like, okay, it's the playoffs. And then I think almost every game he had at least one goal where I was like, what? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, it was, and New York Cosmos, they, you know, they, they did get one goal back, came back into it. And then Sean Chin, the Chinja, oh, yeah. um, um, added that goal to like sort of, you know, bury them. And uh, that, that was it. We were the second seed, and uh, we were we were MPSL 2019 champions. Got back the trophy, defended it, and then, <laughs> and then threw, it, threw it out the back of our convertible on the way to, to South Beach. 
yeah. All right. But it was a great. It was a great. It was a great journey. And like again, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on the performances, but some of the players that came in, like you know, Chino Morales came in and got a little. You know, when he played, he was great. Granito crossed the city from Hialeah, Miami United to Miami FC. Roseboom, that's Roseboom, man. Yes. What a player! Like you know, he was. We we dubbed him the sheriff. You know, the sheriff of the three hundred five, the sheriff of Dade County. <laughs> Such a reliable player. Brought that leadership into midfield. Stepped into defence. Brenton Griffiths, like um, in it was right throughout the team, we had quality. Mo Chow, when he you know give Mo Mo Chow a chance, he will bury it. Lloyd Sam, it was such a fun team to watch. Brian James, a fellow Bart. I'm going to have missed someone, and I'm really oh, sorry. Fellow was like such a surprise. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? He was. He was like literally like an ungoogleable player. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you Google all all the all his information, it's just like, yeah, he may have played at some point in time for Chattanooga. And it's like, who is this guy? <laughs> and, and again, some of the players, you know, we we talked about the region defense, but Baggio comes back to Miami FC goes down in the first four minutes of the first game against uh, Miami United um, and we all know what he's capable of and so you know that gave um, maybe Othello and Lloyd Sam the chances down the left it was uh, harsh on Baggio I've still seen him around the club so maybe he'll come back for the USL you know, yeah, campaign he, he definitely he was at the the finals like, he was he, yeah he traveled with the team which I was like okay like they're, they must be committed to him and like his uh, his recovery. So, um, he, like, yeah, I, I feel like it was really interesting in 2018 with the MPSL and the the talent we got. But then it kind of became one of those things where it's like, oh, Miami FC has a large uh, payroll, and then it almost seemed like Miami FC was almost like a farm team for kind of lost USL players, and yeah. then like everybody kind of left after the year. Where this year I felt like it's the same thing. Like I think Darren and the Miami FC. Front offices did a great job of scouting players, picking players up. But then the advantage is now that Miami FC is going into USL Pro. So there's more of an option to retain a lot of the, the higher-up players. You know, uh, the team and the fans don't have to be as worried about, like, you know, we're going to lose uh, Turpak and this guy, that guy, yeah. because they're, they're moving on where it's like, okay, like, we can keep uh, Lance Roseboom on the squad. We can keep this guy. We can keep this guy. Like, let's move up. Let's make some bigger signings. You know, and it's it's almost like yeah. the opposite way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, I think there's there's a lot of players on the team that you know could, could transfer. You know, to this USL squad. I think they'll need to bring some more players in, if only because the sheer amount of number of games that we're going to play, and games yeah. against quality opposition as well. Um, it's a di- very different proposition, a very different kettle of fish, as we like to say about back home. Um, but it's Ket- a, a kettle great, of fish. A, a kettle of fish. Yes. Um, Google that one, but yeah, it was it was a great season for Miami FC. You know, before we even get into like you know the the short the short cameo in Nisa, um, I don't know if you want to talk about that, Drew. If you've got anything to add about the MPSL, Uh well, I'm just gonna I was gonna do a quick rundown of going into 2020 uh, for the MPSL for the conferences. Go for it. Uh, so here's uh, hold on one second. So basically, all right, sorry, I made notes because uh, it's very confusing. <laughs> so for 2020 MPSL, our, our buddies the Jacksonville Armada are leaving the Sunshine Conference. Oh, yes, good good point, Drew. Yeah, so they're joining the Gulf, Gulf Conference with uh, New Orleans Jesters, who took a year off and now are back in the league, uh, AFC Mobile, P- 
Pensacola, Port City, and Tallahassee. So a little bit of shakeup. If, if you're maybe a Miami FC or Miami United fan and you're hoping to play uh, play Jacksonville Armada, you're going to have to wait for the playoffs. It's kind of sad to see them go, but it also, you know, how many times can all the Miami teams beat them? Ha! <laughs> um, um, and, Na- and Naples as well. Um <laughs> <laughs> but it makes it makes more sense for them. I mean, it must be a ball ache for those guys coming down the I ninety five, like five hours here, five hours back for all these games. So, you know, it makes sense for them. Like Pensacola and Tallahassee, my Florida geography is getting there, but that sounds a bit more manageable than coming down to Miami every other weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense. It gives them local games a bit more local interest. Yeah, and then then so we have the Sunshine Conference, which the yeah, Sunshine Sunshine Conference, which there are a lot of question marks around. Yeah, there's the uh, the Central Florida Panthers should still be in it. Naples mm-hmm. United, uh, Broward Storm, question mark. Well, Storm FC. You always call them Broward Storm, but that's not their name, Drew. That's that's their old name. I don't know. Okay. Whatever. Storm oh, you're no G. Okay, fair enough. Storm FC question mark. I know uh-huh. they kind of seemed like they had some operational issues where Miami Soccer Academy was like kind of a surrogate running them. Yes. I uh, think they are running them. I think, I think you know, it, it, they, it's kind of like they've absorbed them. Might be the best yeah. way to put it. But, you know, they've been kind of silent on social media, so who knows. Um, the other one, too, is Miami United. I'm sure they'll be back, but they, will. they haven't really announced any intention for the MPSL. But I'm just going to assume they're going to be in it. Oh, they will surely be back, Drew, yes. Yeah. Uh, the other one, which is very interesting, is the Miami Dutch Lions. Well, here we go. It's just that we, now, we, they, now we're they, talking. Now, yeah. I mean, we that they they've announced their GM. So uh, you know, is uh, that's a sign that they're taking it seriously, full time GM. And What's I think his name? I, I, now I I can pronounce <laughs> it, but it's just because I don't have the name to hand, so I have to just go back. To, uh, to, to get this guy's name. So bear with me while I'm frantically logging on to the group chat and rewinding. Here we go. It's His all name. good. Uh, I'll, give, I'll give a little bit of a background. So the Miami Dutch Lions were, I believe, the Houston Dutch Lions, or they were playing somewhere out of Texas. And uh, But the, the good thing is they intend to play out of Tropical Park in the 2020 season. So, uh, you know, kind of FC Miami City in the PDL, UPSL, sorry, uh, USL League Two left Tropical Park to go to Broward, so uh, there will be another team in Tropical Park, which is pretty convenient for me and kind of more centrally located Miami people, and all around good stadium. I think everybody likes going there, seeing yeah. some good stuff. Well, Evald Chau, um, who is the new GM of Miami Dutch Lions, um, if he's been involved in that decision to put them in uh, Tropical Park, then that is a good move and. You know, you do get people doing CrossFit in the stands. You do get people taking long jumps, but it is a nicely located stadium, good turf field, and uh, it's another Miami team in the MPSL, and that's a good thing. And we always talk about opportunities for players. It's a lot more opportunities for players. I don't know how that, you know, that that organization plugs into like places around the world, but uh, you know, it's good to have a. I think it's good for the Sunshine Conference because it's going to be. Maybe a little more competitive again, although I'm sure both Naples and Miami United will fancy their chances. But who knows about these new teams coming in? Yeah, and especially considering their organization uh, from somewhere else and it's kind of pre-organized, you know, it's not a brand new team yeah. starting up. So uh, I think they'll kind of have an idea of what to do. They won't be going into a blind. 
And I'm, I'm not 100% sure if they're uh, also involved, like the ownership is kind of linked with the Cincinnati Dutch lines. Kind of like I know... I, I think it... Well, I, isn't... No, because we're getting the one that was in Houston. Or Dallas, yeah, we're getting right? to Houston. I'm doing. I'm frantically googling again. Miami yeah, I, I tried to figure it out before. Like I know in the UPS UPSL, there's the LA Wolves, but then there's Miami Wolves. But somehow they're like loosely connected and share the same logo. So uh, I'm not sure if like. No, you're right. A, the, the Cincinnati... There's a master Dutch line umbrella that they all fall under. <laughs> there, there, there is. They, they are still operating, I believe, in Cincinnati, Dayton, Ohio. Florida Gulf Coast. I have to look that one up. Um, and New York. Uh, so yeah, it's they, uh, it's, they it's probably have the division wrong, and it's supposed to be like Florida Sunshine. Well, because Florida Gulf Coast is the Jacksonville Conference, so maybe they just slapped yeah. the wrong conference on the website. Well, this, is, this is interesting because they have. Um, seems like they have a WPSL team as well. So maybe, maybe that will bring in. Maybe they might intend to bring in a rival for uh, FC Surge as well. Uh, not a lot of opportunities for the ladies to play around here club soccer there is just FC Surge I'm sure we'll touch on that in a bit but they do that, operate that sounded like a good transition <laughs> well you're in charge you're driving this thing not me <laughs> well it's the, 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 no here we go the Florida Gulf Coast team is a Dutch lion so maybe that won't happen um, if they have a, a, a ladies team operating up in uh, uh, where is it Florida Gulf uh, Cape Coral so yes it would be it would be silly for them to operate one in Cape Cod and one in Miami. So obviously that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, who knows though? So I I think with that we'll we'll jump into uh, the 2019 WPSL season. Yes, uh, which was exciting I think for the both of us and for all of Magic City Soccer. It's kind of something that I think like Matt kind of knew about and kind of we tried to help them out a little, push them, and then got more like uh, knowledgeable this year and inquisitive of who exactly they were. <laughs> but yeah. uh, we started covering their games this year. I know you kind of headed all that up, and I think you broadcasted every every home game for them. We did broadcast every home game, although I was a little bit late for the first one. But yes, we did. And um, you're right. It was, I think, with the, the, with the women's game in this country, the college game is a lot more important, unless you really have an NWSL team, which, of course, we don't. And I think, to be honest with you, Drew, literally the only weakness of FC Surge is that they're not very good at promoting themselves because I was very impressed with how they operate in terms of the match day operations, and I was very, very impressed with the quality of the play. Um, they, uh, the coach, Ramiro Venegachea, I think I've got that perfect, um, had them playing some great soccer, and, and we, had some, uh, we had some great Sunday mornings down there. It's a... Uh, Odd time to kick off, but with Miami FC, of course, kicking off uh, USL Championship games on Friday night, maybe uh, maybe some Sunday morning soccer isn't a bad thing. But I was, it was one of my discoveries of the year. I thoroughly enjoyed those games. I really, really did, especially with it being a Women's World Cup year, and some of the players there, some of the players who have gone through the college system, you know, haven't signed professionally but stayed local. Uh, it was it was a, so short. I wish it was longer. But they had a good run, you know. They got out of the, you know, they finished behind Boca Blast in their in their conference, but Boca elected not to go to the playoffs, and then they travelled a long way. And Miami FC, to their credit, helped them travel, um, and then they they did go out again to eventual winners um, Pensacola. Um, it was a it was a it was a fun season. I wish it was longer. 
Yeah, it was kind of a short season. I I did like those Sunday games. Like it was kind of a weird time, but it ended up perfect for being a Sunday. You know, it's like, eh, what yeah. am I doing Sunday at like noon? Like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I was I was completely surprised at like the the talent on the field and the just they 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 really I really felt like they dominated the conference. But then, like, also props given. Uh, I'm gonna be accused of being some kind of Boca show, but Boca blast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, a Book of Blast won six games, drew one, and Surge, you know, won five and drew two. But at the end of the day, uh, Surge made the playoffs. But just kind of based off how they they played in Miami, I thought they would have really taken off. But uh, also props to Pensacola FC who who beat them in the the region semifinals. Uh, the other thing that I thought was really cool, and I I kind of wish uh, the WPSL kind of works with the UPSL in the future was that there was one weekend where FC Surge was playing away at Lakeland, mm-hmm. and then the direct game after I think was the uh, the Tropics PD or sorry not the UPSL the the Tropics PDL team. I think yep. the Tropics PDL team played FC Miami City in Lakeland. So I wish it could have been packaged as some kind of like double header where you know you know for travel the teams travel together, but for the Lakeland people be like oh you know. FC Surge from Miami at this time, and then directly after it's uh, F- you know FC Miami City against the Lakeland Tropics, but I kind of want that vice versa also. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's it's difficult, isn't it, Drew? Because America is so big, and it, it's true, and especially Florida is uh, there's a long way between like the major population centers, and it doesn't help really. And you know we have so many men's teams in this part of the world, but really just that one women's club. Away, away from the, uh, the the college game, and uh, but it was it was a, it was a lot of fun. And actually, you know, Boca did win that division. But if I remember correctly, that that FC Surge Boca game certainly at home. Surge did everything but score a goal, and I'm sure it ended nil nil. That was the only thing nil nil I've been to around here this whole season. And I think it was one of the players on FC Surge, Ava Castaño uh, Candela, fantastic player who is now professionally playing professionally in Belgium, although she's injured. She signed up with um, KAA Hent in Belgium, and she did everything. She hit the post, hit the crossbar, could have scored three goals, and it ended nil-nil. And uh, again, with a short season, sometimes those games really bite for you. Yeah, and I, th- I think that was a draw, and then that would have been yeah. Boca's only draw of the season, and then Serge's second draw, which is pretty dramatic. But, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the <clears throat> sorry 2020 FC Surge season. Uh, hopefully we can get some more people out there and continue broadcasting for them. And, uh, you know, maybe the Dutch Lions bring in a team or the, the league strengthens, strengthens a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I, I was completely surprised with, you know, everything that was going on there. I was like, wow, how did this go under my radar for so long, you know? And they, they got a decent turnout. To be fair to them, there's a committed band of people who go to those games. And, yes, there's a lot of family and friends. And uh, But I remember a couple of the games, there must have been a good 200, 300 people at those games. And, I think uh, they also were big fans of your commentary. I, re- I remember something <laughs> about mashed potatoes for one of the games. <laughs> well, this is the other thing. Like, obviously, this is lower league soccer in the United States of America in the commentary box as it is at that stadium. It's pretty much, I'm standing there. It's at the back of a row of, you know, the bleachers are maybe 10 deep. And, uh, you know, you just have to switch off the fact that there's people right around you. And, yeah, there was, there was something about helping themselves to more math. It's some of the stuff that comes out of my mouth. Like, I, I listened back to it. I was like, where the heck did that come from? 
Uh, I, I'm going to look but, up that one to put on our uh, 2019 social media best call. <coughs> but um, but yeah, but it was it was a it was a proper community club, you know, Drew, and that's what's important. And uh, like I say, some of the players down there, Chrissy Gratz, like what a character! Like she's she reminds me a bit of how I used to play. No fear. Uh, put one of the goals on Instagram recently where she heads the ball into the net and then gets cleaned out by the goalkeeper. Oh yeah. Yeah, you can't say that these ladies don't play as hard as the men. Um, Chrissy Fisher, who uh, was at UM and has now graduated, and it'll be interesting to see the next step of her career. Very, very good player technically. Um, and they had, you know, the two fullbacks, um, April Perry, who, uh, you know, the, the, the team is run by Marge Perry. April Perry, great attacking fullback. Um, I think it was Hunter Casario on the other side. Two great attacking fullbacks, and then um, Aleja Sanchez uh, in the centre of a defence. Um, quality right through the team, and then Shama Silva in the centre of midfield, who now is playing with the NSU Sharks, and they had a great run in um, Division Two college soccer and with the South Region champions. Some great players in that team, and uh, very entertaining to watch. Very entertaining to watch. Yeah, it, it was so much fun, and then kind of. Uh, almost like a counterpart to it was watching uh, UM women's soccer, which uh, we didn't really cover as much. We've kind of dabbled in it here and there. Um, but it was kind of fun seeing like Chrissy Fisher play, and I think there was yeah. a game or two where uh, other surge players were playing at opposing colleges. So it's kind yeah. of fun to see them face off against each other or at least see them play in like a different atmosphere. So you get like kind of this weird uh, experience where – uh, you know, it's almost like they have two club teams. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, they, they, Serge had this great midfielder called Floor Baldassini as well, which is a very commentator-friendly name. And I think she was playing for Stetson. So there yes. was kind of a little inter-rivalry where she came down with Stetson. And um, again, for me, uh, some, some of those games, some of the college games were an awkward time. And I guess they have to schedule them around a Saturday because Saturday is college football and college football is king. Uh, there was quite a few Wednesday and Thursday night games, but yeah, man, we we went down to a couple of UM games. UM played FC Surge in a preseason friendly, and that was a good night. Yeah, um, yeah, there's. Uh, it, w- it would be nice to see, it would be nice to see an NWSL club down here, but it's hard to justify it unless people support the grassroots. But that FC Surge season was a lot of fun, and Marge Perry, uh, Rochelle Wimbush, who's uh, running that team as well, and like I say, coach. Uh, Ramiro, they, they do a good job there, and uh, I hope a few more people discover that, and we'll certainly do our part in pushing that a little bit harder and getting people down there. All right, so we saved the best for last. 2019 uh, U.S. Open Cup. Hmm. We had. Uh, wow. I, th- I feel like every year there's there's some great Miami run, or at least a couple good pushes by Miami teams, but. Uh, I feel like this year there was something special, and especially because you were covering uh, UPSL so much. Uh, I don't know how you want to start this off, but U.S. Soccer Soldiers, or sorry, Florida Soccer Soldiers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's such a good story, and I think this is this is the value of the Open Cup because you know it's so hard in this country to to go up against teams from other divisions you know all the all the, all the leagues are islands and the islands are not connected and the only thing that connects them beneath the sea is the open cup and i think that's uh, quite a nice way of putting it and uh, you, you know i don't want to harp on about the streaming but the streaming is 
it's not a self-indulgent thing. What I really like about the streaming is the reaction that I get from the players. Because when the players come up to me and say, oh, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy I can go back and watch the game. And it all started when, when me and um, little Christian, who is a part-time Magic City soccer member. That's not fair. He's, he's, he's part of the Magic City soccer crew. And he was the one who came down with me. And I was like, Christian, I'm going down to stream this UPSL game. Uh, Ives Estates Park and I'm taking my cell phone and I'm going to stream it on this thing called MyCuju and Florida Soccer Soldiers against uh, Miami Sun is where it all started and so this, this team, this Florida Soccer Soldiers are quite, quite close to my heart now I only support one team, I'm a Miami FC fan and that's it but all these teams have their little stories and it's fantastic and then they went on this cup run that started, Drew, I'm sure that you remember Way back in September 2019, before we'd even really started picking them up in the, in the qualifiers, because the qualifying tournament um, starts in September of the year before of the Open Cup. And I'm going to recap for you this crazy journey they went on. The Florida Soccer Soldiers <sighs> started against Red Force in the first qualifying round trip. Got past, got past Red Force by one goal to nil. I was at that game. We weren't streaming it, but I went down and checked it out with a couple of... I think you was there with me, weren't you? Did you I think, think so. Was, was it at Tropical? It was at Tropical Park. Yeah, I yes, think I was yes. there. I remember why, because you was wearing some sort of Open Cup jersey, and I got a uh, I was wearing photo. the Philadelphia Union one. You was there the, with me. Yeah, with the Lamar Hunt patch on it. You was there with me, and the goal scorer in that game was Valentin Sabella. And I fancy myself, as, you know, not as a talent scout, but I think I know a good soccer player when I see one. And he, he was the best player on the field by, not by a large margin, but he was the best player on the field that day. And for soccer soldiers to get past Red Force 1-0, that's when I sort of woke up to the whole soccer soldiers thing. I was like, well, they got past Red Force, who have been going to, since 2009 and an established like, local lower league soccer team. But well, that was quite interesting. And Red Force had a solid team out. Solid team out that day. They got through that game first qualifying. No, that was the second qualifying round. I beg your pardon. Um, I'm going to go back to the first qualifying round. They got past Miami Sun 2-1. And uh, yeah, we, 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 didn't do any, we didn't do any of those first round games. And then it just went from there. Second qualifying round, we just mentioned. Third qualifying round, uh, didn't get to that game. That was against Hurricane FC. Absolutely blicked Hurricane FC 6-0 up in Delray Beach. <laughs> and then the fourth qualifying round, they got the four fix. They were supposed to play America Soccer Club from Orlando. And they, never, they decided they didn't want to contest the game. And bang, they was in the first round of the, the, the cup proper. And the team in Orlando um, was supposed to be like a really good kind of similar to yeah. soccer soldier style team where they had solid ownership like good players a lot of uh south and central american players that had experience over there so they yeah not to say they got lucky but they got lucky but uh what happens after that will show that it wasn't uh, luck. i mean continue that, <laughs> well then you get to the first round of the u.s open cup um in may uh and it's Miami FC against Florida Soccer College at Barry University. And I had, you know sometimes when you go into a game and you know that there's something about this game. And again, I'm a Miami FC fan. Florida Soccer College is a great side. 
I had a feeling there was something in the air that night. And we just never got going. And we couldn't stream that game because, of course, it was on ESPN+. And they didn't want some novice <laughs> gringo commentator calling that game for them. And they got some hired guns in. But I was I had the privilege to watch the game in the stands. And, uh, yeah, if you remember that game, Miami went up 1-0. And then in the second half, start of the second half, Brenton Griffiths plays this ball across the face of goal to no one and then uh, soccer soldiers at that time he plays for Miami United now they have this player called uh, William Stamatis and he just gobbled up this loose ball hammered it in the back of the net and it was 1-1 and uh, you think at 1-1 wow anything can happen and then they have this little number 10 Daniel Menezes and he hammered in a cracking goal after about 60-65 minutes something like that and they won the game 2-1 and they deserved to win it I don't, I don't know how much you remember about that game Drew but they I gotta say hand on my heart as a Miami FC fan they deserved to win that game I, I thought so too uh, the, the key memories to me were the Florida Soccer Soldiers uh, after I think the second goal coming up to the Day Brigade section and giving some gentle gestures which also sent me into <laughs> uh, extreme depression because I love the Open Cup so much but at the same time, I you know not they they have a little piece of my heart, maybe not as much as you, but I was like, you know, this is a good story. At least we didn't lose to like some some super uh-huh. rando team from out of town, and uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and to, just to go back to Valentin Sabella, and again, he's a nineteen-year-old kid, ends up, you know, he's in Miami. Um, Amazing backstory. Yeah, and you know he's you know he's he's the son of a of, of a former Argentina national team coach. Not that that really matters, but you know he played for Mast Academy. And for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what Mast Academy is, it's kind of this, you know, how would you describe it? Like uh, it's, it's, it's a char- charter school. And, yeah, and they do sort of stuff, I guess, like you know, marine biology. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. You, you've nailed it, Drew. SpongeBob SquarePants style stuff. <laughs> Um, they're all sandy the squirrel (laughs) over there it's under the sea well we'll all be under the sea soon Um, (laughs) and and I guess they must have a pretty good soccer team and then he gets picked up by the Florida soccer soldiers and the next thing you know he's tearing it up in the open cup qualifiers and then the next thing you know well actually he wasn't I think he went off injured I think maybe he went off he went off in this game but then we get onto the second round, where of course they go up and play Charlotte Independence. We watched this game in Winwood Brewing in Winwood, Florida. A classic Magic City Soccer uh, they, uh, live game, or uh, sorry, watch. They party. are the only place. They are the only place in town where I rock up there with a laptop and go, "Hey, can I plug this HDMI cable into your projector and stream this rando <laughs> lower league soccer game?" But and but we got a crowd through. for it. We got we put it out on social media and we must have bought like 10, 15 people there, which and is impressive for that, me. That was the that was the Valentin Sabella show, and, and of course they have some great other players. They have um, you know Antonioni Gonzalez, who's the, uh, the the captain and the leader of that team. They have some great players in other positions. Oh, he got a red in that game too, right? He got a red. In, he got two. I think it was two yellows. Two yellow, yeah, yellow accumulator. Yeah, two yellows in that game, I think. But, but again, that game, like now Miami FC was out, I went into that game and as the game wore on, I was thinking, they're the equal of this USL championship team here. They're not overruled by this occasion. 
And of course, they have this keeper, Brian Martin, who takes free kicks and penalties. And it went to penalties, and they knocked out Charlotte Independence on penalties. After, I think it was Suazo who got the first goal for Soccer Soldiers, and then Valentina Sabella got on this crazy run, gobbling up a loose ball. I can remember that goal as clear as any goal, any Miami FC goal, any Welsh national team goal, any goal I watched when I was a kid. He was like a little freaking Maradona, like steaming <laughs> through, and you knew he was going to score. You knew he was going to score. That was like, that was up there with that Boca versus Red Force penalty shootout for like classic like soccer moments in this year in, 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 in and around Miami. And well, they got I think, two on the penalty kicks. Oh no, I was going to say go, the go, other go, crazy go. part about that game was, is was it that Charlotte had natural, no, Charlotte had AstroTurf and the soldiers like didn't have, they didn't all have like turf cleats. So I think like Nike and maybe like Bedoya and like they did a GoFundMe and a bunch of people donated money for them to get cleats. You've got it right, but the wrong way round. Because in Miami, we play so much on artificial surfaces. On turf, yeah. They only have turf. And, of course, it was a natural surface up there. So I think against Miami, like, the one thing they struggled with a bit is because they had, like, old footwear or were borrowing off mates. And yeah, so that's why like, I got confused because I was like, oh, Barry's yeah. grass, but they always play on AstroTurf. But, yeah, because yeah. I remember that game, like, they had issues, like, with slipping a little bit because, you know, that, that turf, that, that surface that Barry gets gets watered quite a lot. They have sprinklers there. So if you don't have those soft ground cleats, you can struggle a little bit. So they put out this call and then the Nike, like, uh, to their credit, like, sent everyone a pair of boots. And the USSF get a bad rap and justifiably so in a lot of stuff. But there's this myth that is perpetuated that they don't help out with travel costs. They do. But the fact is, is, is that teams have to pay their travel costs up front and then they get them reimbursed. So they got the travel like costs six back months off later. the USSF. <laughs> yes. But I mean, they get it back. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's sometimes how stuff like that works. But to be able to, uh, to, for those players to be able to go, they're going, thinking in your head, like, I, I, was, I was an okay amateur soccer player, but whenever you have a little away day like that, whenever you have an end of season tour, your tail goes up a little bit. And I'm sure those players are like, you know, they flew up to Charlotte and they think, you know, this feels like I'm a proper professional footballer. I don't want to use the word proper. This feels like I'm a big time footballer, soccer player. And then when Nike are giving you boots and you're wearing fresh boots and everything, you've got to break them in. You have to always break in a pair of boots before you use them. And uh, that game, like, you know, we just, we just couldn't believe it. And like I said, there were some Florida soccer soldiers, youth players down there watching the game with us, some of the U23s with us. And it was just a really good. And unfortunately, in the next round, they went out to North Carolina in the third round. But they went. But that was a close game too. Like that was. It wasn't like it was like a four nothing like route. Like. And I think Florida Soccer Soldiers could play at a much higher level. The coach Danielle Godoy, very very intelligent coach, could 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 manage at a much higher level than some of the players who were still on the team could play at a much higher level as well. And. uh, you know, they got to the third round, and I think they were the, the local qualifier that went the furthest. Yes, they were. Indeed, they were. There was a few more local qualifiers in the second round, but they went the furthest. Which, of course, comes with a little cash prize. Yeah, maybe there was one other that got... No, there, there was a West Coast team, wasn't it? Like, there was a California team that I think tied with them, and then they had to split that prize money. I, I, I think I, it was I one think, of those very think, generic California names because there's like no, Cal United, Cal FC, 
I'm looking at it now, Drew. Cal Football Club. It's, I'm looking at it now that it was actually, there is a prize for the open, I think the open division. The local qualifier. Who go, not, the, not the local qualifier, but the open division team that goes the furthest. So, of course, yeah, that I, includes I, the I, NPSL team. I call teams. it the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and the other um, team was an NPSL team. Got you. Yeah, the other team, and that was Orange County FC. Ah, there we go. Yeah, so um, so that that might have been it, but um, but yeah, that Florida Soccer Soldiers, you know, run cup run was really one of the stories of the year around here, and it was fun to follow it all the way back from the qualifying rounds, and then of course, Valentin Sabella got signed up by the team he knocked out, Charlotte Independence. Um, Brian, Brian Martin, Martin did the same. <laughs> Brian Martin got signed up by the team that he uh, you know knocked out Miami FC. So the the success stories here. Um, just the stories down here, like the, there's so many. That when you dig deep into the grassroots and the lower leagues here, it rewards you so much. And on that note, Drew, on the Open Cup, of course, the qualifying tournament is ha- has just finished, and we know that um, Miami United, with a U- um, UPSL entry, got past Hurricane FC, and will be in the first round proper. And let me tell you, I've had a look now at what's going to happen here. Naples the team from no. yes the team from the yes the team from the MPSL who they will face in the first round is almost guaranteed to be Naples United. So you've got that bad blood between uh, Naples United and Miami United in the first round. The winner of that game will almost certainly play Miami FC yeah. in the second round, and the winner of that second round game will get to take on the brand new MLS franchise in Fort Lauderdale club the football in, in, in that third round. So if you think you've had stories in the 2019 competition, 2020 is going to be even better. Yeah. If you're a documentary crew and want to <laughs> join us in covering all this, this is going to be like the craziest year. <laughs> Absolutely. I but what's, brings us- what's interesting with United too is like, so because Miami FC left the NPSL and they technically had the cup slot and I think think because united won the spot through upsl or because i don't know if mpsl it goes to the the regular season or the playoff but like not to knock them but naples almost got the default slot but that also has happened to united before where the fusion folded and then united got the playoff spot so the sunshine conference kind of has this weird like historical thing of just like non-traditional cup slots being passed out well, they you go. I mean, Naples United did. You know, they finished higher in the table. So the the, the open ah, it off. goes down to the table. Yeah, yeah. And it, well, it goes down to the, the power rankings. Yeah. So um, so um, they will be higher because they they were second in the table. So they they earned their cup spot on merit. And if anything, it's Miami United who have kind of sneaked in through the back door, having yeah, not the, not got what the they B wanted squad, through but the. Then uh, you 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 cap all your A players on the B squad for the roster. <laughs> Well, that 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 now makes their that now makes their rostering a little bit tricky because what's the priority there? But I don't know the full ins and outs, the machinations of how they can uh, set that up because I know they're allowed to make certain changes from the qualifying team to the the first round team. But I think their qualifying uh, team basically was their first round team, though. But I, I think they can make quite a few changes. I would I would have to. I yeah, would, yeah I would, but I think most of the guys that qualified were. Well, oh no, you're right. Actually, yes, they had like the captain play. Uh, what's yep. his name? Uh, not Tahada. Um, no, you're Ezekiel. right. Uh, 
Ezekiel Tejera was is the captain. He was playing at that at that game I was at the third round qualifying game against. Hurricane. Yeah, I saw the roster and I was um, like, and, oh, these are these are. These Ooh, are the it's guys. stacked, man. It's stacked, man. I mean, they, they have Soto, who's a great keeper. Juan Mayor in defense. Um, uh, Elisa, it's pronounced yeah. Fun Mayor. Fun, fun Mayor, sorry. Um, yeah, he's the mayor of fun. <laughs> Daryl Gordon is on there, like ex-strikers. They have they have good they have good forwards as well. What's his name? Mikoli, great player. Um, Solari as well. Like, they got some great players in that team. And uh, but then they've got to get past Naples United, and you know it's ah oh man, lower league soccer. That's actually that, perfect because I think we just came almost in a full circle. We did where and, we started and, with UPSL, went to MPSL, and, and did the women's Premier League <laughs> or women WPSL, then went to Open Cup. But then in Open Cup, we ended up discussing UPSL. <laughs> there, there, there's two things we have to touch on, Drew. I think before we sign off, and of course. The year started with Miami United playing two friendlies against Peñarol and oh, Motagua. Yes. Um, and, you know, and they played those games. Well, they certainly played Peñarol, I think, in January. And we're right. maybe a, a month away from that starting up again. Um, and who knows what they got up their sleeve. We know uh, Roberto Saka, the CEO of the uh, Miami United, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a crafty little guy and I love him. We all love him. And who knows what he's got up his sleeve for 2020. You know, he's, uh, he's been running that team for a while and uh, he never lets us down with a little bit of excitement. And, yeah, those, uh, those friendlies are so amazing. Like the, the Penarol one, like I couldn't believe how yeah. many people showed up. And then there, there were people from like Canada that showed up and it was, mm-hmm. it was insane. Like, I know and we, that was 2-2, two, like, two, right? They, they drew both friendlies. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they I both didn't go to the Montagua. And, um, you know, it's, and I think the only other team we have to mention in dispatches, of course, is Himishi FC. Um, and you know, if you go below the UPSL, I always get the name of this league wrong. Is it the Gold Coast Premier League? It must be. Yeah, I think it's GPCL or GCPL Gold Coast Premier League. Yeah. Well, it kind of has a funny little format, but I believe that's sort of like a, a league and then a post league, but the most important thing is that they won their first trophy. Um, I th- I think they 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 got a couple of pieces of silverware. The the specifics escape me, and uh, you know I think I the always previous pat- ones were from some oddball uh, lower division shenanigans, <laughs> but but th- I that's think all that I'll was say. that was the, the and I think that they had to get past the Spartans. The Spartans have a B team in that competition. And uh, you know, just to, to give a shout out to Himishi because what the what the Reese brothers and uh, you know and everyone who supports that team are doing, and I try to go to those games. I you know I go to a lot of games around here when I can, when I can, when I can make the trek up to there and uh, you know check out the, the a game up there. I, I always try to, and what Himishi are doing is great, and especially you know we're having this MLS team parachuted in, and they've taken over Lockhart and everything, and you know. It's it's happened and it's fine, but you know Himishi are keeping that little flame going. And I was talking to Matthew Bunch in the last podcast about you know keeping Miami FC going, and uh, you know what they do is a very good thing. And they they won their first trophy this year, and that's uh, that's also a really cool story in the, in this part of the world. You know that's truly true. That's a truly support our own club. Couldn't yeah. happen without without those guys running it, and uh, you know people chipping in money when they can. And uh, again, that's you know that's quite often Sunday morning soccer that you can go and check out for free, and it's a great standard and good to watch. 
Yeah, those those guys are like OGs, mm-hmm. OGs of the game also, and like kind of uh, I, f- I feel like a lot of stuff that they've done, we've kind of uh, gotten some influence from, and yeah, uh, definitely hats off to them. They kind of uh, guided us through some stuff with streaming and some other stuff, and tossed us some tossed us some ideas, but uh, definitely go support them. I think buy a membership, buy a scarf. I think it's only twenty dollars to become a part owner, and you get uh, voting rights and. Uh, yeah, and I think if you're, you're familiar too, with them, like, you know how crazy good of graphic designers they are. So I have one of the third kits. I think you have the Florida kit. Yeah, I have the the map kit. Yeah, the map kit. Is yeah, <laughs> <laughs> definitely go get something from them. And you know, everybody kind of loves these Detroit teams, but there's there's kind of smaller guys in smaller ponds. Not to sound mean that way, but uh, toss toss some money their way. Get get a scarf or something. Yeah, and you can get something out of it. Buy buy some merch, you know. Buy some Magic City Soccer merch as well. And you're absolutely right, Drew. I I discovered my Kuju when I when I went to their, one of their games, and I was like, these guys are streaming the game with a mobile phone. And then a lot of you. what happens. <laughs> yeah, you actually you were. You of course you were. And then a lot of what's what a lot of what spun off what we did with Magic City Soccer with 2019 spun off what Himishi did and. I will always be thankful to those Himishi uh, guys and girls to give to give the ladies their credit because there's a huge female influence in the running of that club too. Um, yeah, it's and yeah, a Chihuahua, it's a great twin, <laughs> and a Chihuahua. And actually, last time I went, I took my dog Coco down, and the, the attendance was listed as whatever how many people and two dogs. Because so, uh, <laughs> no, they have they have a couple of kids there, so it was like it was like adults and then kids and dogs. But um, you know, that's that's 2019 in about a. Uh, a 70 minute nutshell i think drew yeah that was a good like nostalgic uh, memory lane <laughs> wrap up with some good uh like looks to the future yeah i mean 2020 you know it's you know it's it, gonna be it, crazy it will be it it will be now it will be now mls right through all the usl leagues npsl upsl g PSL, just all just all the letters, just in in a different order. It's, Everything with soccer league at the end. With with again, like I said at the end of the last podcast, we're so blessed, so blessed down here, so much soccer. You know, you you you're free to pick a team and support it, but you know that doesn't mean you can't get out there and go to a game. You know, wherever you are in town, there's some sort of game, college soccer, bit of everything. That's right. So uh, I think we're wrapped up. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to another edition of Magic City Soccer Soccer. Uh, I said soccer twice. Podcast. Uh, I think we're gonna try to kind of kick soccer. This up the and... sport's so good they named it twice. That's right. Soccer. Soccer. <laughs> the future sport yeah. of the '80s. Uh, <laughs> I think we're gonna try to kick up the podcast a little bit more since we're not so busy with streaming opportunities. Uh, if you have any questions, hit us up on social media. We'll say them on air. Check out our website. Uh, we have a good recap by uh, Omar on the uh, NBC Premier League weekend that just happened on South Beach. Uh, anything else to add, Lee? Just I love you all. I love soccer. I love Miami. I love South Florida. And I can't wait for the next year to roll around. Hell yeah. All right. So uh, we're signing off. We'll see you in 2020. I'm Matthew Bunch. And uh, joined with me is Lee Iffins. Uh, Good night, everybody. Night-night.